I'm Leanne Tran, psychologist who's worked with families whose kids don't fit the mould for almost 20 years. I've worked with children for decades, but I know parents are the real change makers when it comes to their kids. Having three kids of my own means I know it's not easy. Parent Like a Psychologist is all about simplifying how you support your kids with psychology information filtered through years of experience to take you from overwhelmed to confident. Come on in. Hello, happy new year. So exciting that it's 2024. I'm not sure what you did for New Year's Eve. I'm not a big New Year's Eve fan myself, but I'm a very big New Year's Day fan. I don't know if it's that I don't really like staying up until midnight. It feels really late, but I've been that way for a long time. I think it's the the ideas of beginnings and a fresh start that comes with New Year's Day that resonate with me more than anything else. A um, couple of years, I've gotten up early to see the sunrise. I'm beyond that now. I'm happy to rise when I'm ready. But I think there's just something about this freshness that comes with something new um, and gives us the chance to rethink and reflect on the year that's been and think about what we want the next one to be like. I did an activity recently as part of a planning day for 2024 where there was, we did uh, an activity with a more and less column and we all entered in there the things that we want to do less of in 2024 and the things that we want to do more of. And it was such a fantastic way to um, reflect and then pivot to look forward to 2024 without even setting goals, which we did later. I think goals are important too. But um, without even setting it, it kind of, you know, had that feeling or intention for the next year ahead, which was really exciting. So in the spirit of that, I don't want to talk about too much um, in the way of, well, heavy topics today. I just wanted to talk about the importance of play because like you on, I mean, it's public holiday before New Year's Day here in Australia, it's probably everywhere. And so we have time off to spend together as a family uh, and in the midst of the school holidays where kids are having lots of time off to be able to play. And I'm talking in the upcoming episodes about getting ready for back to school. There's a place for that. But now I wanted to talk about just how important it is to play and why. This links into last episode too, which is about self-care for parents. And that's what that was essentially about us playing. So I wanted to talk about the benefits of play. I think um, it develops connection, which is lovely. Sometimes we talk about it in terms of social skills and interaction, and that's one part of it. But I think I wanted to focus just more on the connection. So we can, when we play with people, we're doing this thing where I would call it um, joint attention which is kind of where we're both, both people are focused on the same thing. And that's where the connection comes from to me. I think if we follow and join in what our kids are doing and we're both doing the same thing and thinking about the same thing, 
there's a lot of joy and connection that can come from that. The other thing, and so shared enjoyment as well. So we can end up, um, you know, just both enjoying the thing that we're both doing together. And that brings a lot of connection, which is really lovely. It's nice to enjoy that on the days when there's no other pressures and stresses. Play also develops communication as well. So that can be um, through nonverbal communication, like that just, you know, both looking at the same thing or um, looking and then looking at each other. That's, that's the beginnings of communication um, because you're both, like I said before, paying attention to the same thing. It can also be verbal communication and, you know, speeches play all the time. And so playing is a great way to develop communication. It allows for a lot of repetition as well. So um, new words are said over and over and the concepts and that kind of thing. Um, it gives kids a good way of talking about emotions as well um, by just, you know, creating scenarios and, and acting them out or talking them through. It can develop cognitive, uh, sorry, cognitive skills as well. And so that's through things like thinking and planning and understanding concepts like cause and effect. So if I, the, the most classic one is as a, as a toddler, if I drop this off the high chair table, it makes a funny bang. Maybe mum goes, ooh, and then you can see kids do it over and over again to, to learn that cause and effect. Posting is another one. So kids might, you know, put things through a certain um, hole in the back of the chair or something like that over and over again. And it looks really maybe repetitive, but it's just because kids learn through repetition um, and so doing that over and over a lot is a way for them to develop those cognitive skills. It's a great way to learn problem solving as well. You have to work out how certain toys work and what you have to do to get them to work. And that can be, that, that develops all that critical thinking. And of course, emotional regulation as well. I don't know many kids who can play with their sibling for a long time without ending up in some kind of disagreement or having one along the way. And so kids experience the feelings um, and then the feelings go away naturally. That frustration and stuff doesn't last forever. And that's the beginnings of that emotional regulation, learning that the feelings don't last. There are things that we can do to help ourselves feel better. And kids can often learn about um, communicating about emotions as well. So they might say how they're sad or it's, something's funny. Um, and that's part of that self-regulation that they're learning as well. So naming their feelings um, they learn what to do to help keep themselves at their calm equilibrium state. So there's lots of benefits to play. Um, there are lots of different types of play as well. And I think any kind of play is useful play. So whether your child's doing um, structured play, so that might be things like with board games or with puzzles um, building something with Lego, following instructions to get stuff done. That's really structured play. So um, it's defined. It's not open-ended. There's a path to follow. And 
that play can be great. Um, teaches certain skills like um, working to a plan, following steps, sequencing, all of that kind of stuff. But play can be unstructured as well. So it might be um, with toys that are open-ended. So, for example, wooden blocks. What are you going to do with them? You could do anything. Um, make a tower, make a bridge, um, sort them by colour or by number. You could t- dump them out of a dump truck. It's more open-ended and that's a great way to play and, and kids love exploration a lot of the time as well. Sometimes kids use imaginative play also. So that might be enacting things or stories with with people as we'd call them like independent agents. So rather than it being the child, they're acting out as a person. So that's a a way of playing as well. And some kids really enjoy that um, and some don't. You probably learn similar and complementary skills from imaginative play as well. And there are some other parts of other ways to play like sensory play. So that might be playing with shaving cream or um, looking very closely at different objects and seeing how they how they work. It could be spinning around. It could be whatever. And it's just, it highlights how play is just this way of interacting with the world and the environment and learning while you do it with all of that sensory play, kids are learning and developing sensory processing at the same time. So they're learning about their senses, they're developing skills in processing and regulating all of that stuff. And it's fun. That's the thing about play. It's fun. And so that's why kids do it. But it's also their occupation. I will get to that in a little bit. Um, Play. Play can be physical as well. So that might be jumping off things and climbing trees and all of that kind of stuff. And that's a way that kids can develop um, physically. They develop develop physical skills like strength and coordination. Um, It's more for some kids than it is for others, and that's okay. They also, kids will also develop um, things like problem solving and and risk assessment through that kind of play as well. And risk assessment, I think, is something that's really important for kids to develop um, through childhood. You've probably seen or heard that phrase, it's going around on Instagram lately, about um, how to let kids do dangerous things carefully or something like that. And that's essentially letting them learn their own risk assessment as well. I think about it in the context of climbing trees as I had um, an avid climber, could not stop climbing. And I thought, okay, well, if you're going to climb, you may as well get good at it so that you are less in danger. And that's the way um, I rolled with it. But by climbing then there's this point where... um, kids need to learn their own limits Um, and that's part of that risk assessment even jumping off stuff and all of that stuff so lots of different types of play there's lots of benefits of play Um, I mentioned that play is a child's occupation I think that's um, occupational therapy is often about thinking about what um, occupation people are in and how 
they can be supported to be in that occupation. And you, so you may argue that kids at school, it, their occupation is to learn. Um, I think regardless of that, kids also have the occupation of playing. It's, it's what they, it's their job is to play. Um, and that's really how they learn, one of the ways they learn. And so I think when you think about play as learning, you can know that it just happens automatically. So you don't need to always be teaching kids and talking to them about it as they're playing. Um, They will work these things out for themselves along the way. Play just naturally teaches us things. It's kind of like experimentation. Each time kids are playing, they're um, changing some of the variables. So if they're making a tower, they might make it and it falls down once. So then they might try something different next time. So they're naturally changing parts of what they do to experiment, see if there's a different outcome. And so they're learning cognitively, socially, they're developing connections and communication all just by playing. So you don't really need to get involved in it too much if they're playing, they're learning. I mean, I think it's great to get involved and play with your kids. All I'm trying to say is that you don't have to force the learning. Um, The play will take care of that. But one of the things I want to talk about, some things that you can do to encourage your kids and, and, sorry, and their play One thing is to have a a play-friendly environment and that's one of the things I talk with parents a lot about as well if they've got um, some concerns about challenging behaviours at home is to think about how you've got the environment set up and make sure that it's a a play-friendly environment, a kid-friendly environment. So that means that there's lots of free access to things that are fun to play with and um, that you allow your kids to play with. If you try to limit the number of things you have to say no to and take back from them, then that's much better for play and it's much better for um, limiting that challenging behaviour as well because most of the time you're saying yes to kids rather than no, which leaves them happier, you're happier, you're calmer, and it's just a win all round. So a play-friendly environment's important something stimulating as well. So maybe um, things like open-ended activities, I think, are much better than toys that do a certain thing. And so I've talked about blocks a bit. They're a good example of that. Lego is a great example of that. Um, Really just allowing your kids to play in all, you know, with a couple of things in all manner of of ways. Uh, and I did have another point on that. What was it going to be? Oh, stimulating stuff. So if your kids are bright and if they enjoy doing certain things, maybe it's the, the next level up on those things. So if they love puzzles, what's um, a more complicated puzzle they might be able to try? Um, so And as they grow and develop, the toys that will be right for them will develop as well also get involved. I think that really helps with encouraging play. Some people, some adults find it a challenge to play. And if that's you, I want to assure you that you're not alone there. It's I've talked to um, 
a couple of parents that have that um, experience and that's okay. The great thing is if you have a child, you can follow their lead. So, you know, see what they want to play with as they come back and bring certain toys to you. Just, you know, follow their lead. Play with them as you would want to. Ask them what they want to do. Um, just try things out. Sometimes I think too if you have trouble with play, maybe stick to more of that structured play in the beginning. So things like puzzles or construction and stuff. If you feel uncomfortable or you don't know what to do with um, when you're doing that kind of pretend or imaginative play. Another type of play is functional play too. Actually, I missed that out there. And so that might be things like using cars or using little tools. And a really common one is um, kitchens, toy kitchens. So that's a way your child can play and you probably know the script for that stuff, like ordering um, something from their pretend cafe. So you can be involved without having to delve too much into that space that you're not as comfortable with. Uh, and the last point on encouraging play from my point of view is just allowing a lot of choice and flexibility. Um, I think there's no right or wrong way to play. Uh, kids and kids will often play with things that aren't toys. <laughs> That's probably like more so than anything else. And that's okay as well. So if you've got objects around and just put away the stuff you don't want them to play with, the other stuff, let them let them play with. Um, give them the choice of what they want to play. Allow them to be flexible with how they want to play with it. I remember an old colleague once saying to me, because I it was before I had children, she has she had boys. And she said, yeah, my boys play with dolls. They just peg them down the hallway, <laughs> up and down the hallway, just pegging them at each other. And, I was, you know, that's an example of play that is not how we would traditionally think about it happening with dolls, but it's how they chose to do it. Um, so having lots of options and activities available but being flexible with how they do it is um, a great approach. It's meant to be fun. It's going to be messy. It's probably going to um, be too messy for you at some points. But kids then have that opportunity to pack it up as well at the end. Um, and the other thing, that's a good point. So if, if packing it up at the end is hard, you can make a game about that as well. So playing about the packing up can make it easier to do it. Um, so whether it's like you know, five things into the box as fast as you can or put five blue things away, those kind of ways of doing it together and making it fun and funny can be a, a really good way to approach it. So I hope given that it's New Year's Day, you're having a lot of fun playing um, and you've booked in your self-care we talked about last time. And the kids are having a lot of fun as well. Maybe they've there's lots of empty boxes around that they can just, you know, be creative with until it's time for the recycling bin to, to be emptied. Um, and hope that you really enjoy this time together as a family when you can just relax and chill and play together. Thanks for listening to this episode of Parent Like a Psychologist. 
If you found it helpful, please share on Instagram so other parents can benefit too and tag me at Leanne Tran Psychology so that I can say a big thank you. Head over to leannetran.com.au to join the village for bite-sized psychology tips straight to your inbox. I really hope this podcast has brought a new perspective and you a step closer towards a calm parent and a thriving child. Have a delightful day.